You're listening to the Business Builders Book Club, helping you bridge the gap between knowledge and action. Whether it's an old classic or just hit the shelves, we've got you covered. Follow along with us and remember, information only becomes wisdom after it's applied. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again to the Business Builders Book Club. This is episode number two, and it's um, episode two in our three-part series on Three Simple Steps by Trevor Blake. And uh, joining us for these three episodes, the co-host for this stretch of episodes is Jacob Manischewitz. Jacob, how's it going? Good, Russell. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. How was your week? Yeah, it's been good so far. Uh, things have started to pick up a little bit. The um, June is, is, you know, it's heating up with the weather at the same time. So uh, fingers crossed for a good summer. I, I, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, excited to be back. Uh, you know, I really love this book. It's a great place for you to, to start in your personal and professional development. And, uh, you know, part two is very, very interesting. And it, it's definitely part of that lifelong uh journey uh, the biggest part i think in in my opinion of the, the lifelong journey absolutely um, uh, out of all three parts in this book yeah yeah and we'll we'll get into it more as we talk about it but uh there's a section on it that's a lot about nature and i think that's a great what you were saying like now we're able to get outside it's warm out and um with some of the restrictions like lifting with this uh the pandemic people are able to get out and enjoy it more and i got my uh, first uh, post-pandemic haircut so you're looking pretty good too you oh, must nice. have gone somewhere too I did, and I actually just put some gel in my hair today, uh, but I booked my first haircut. Okay. It's not for another couple of weeks because the barbershop is, is uh, booked solid, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure. it's a good feeling, man. I ha- I was wearing hats every single day because it got, it got yeah. big. <laughs> yep. I understand that for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we get into this uh, second section of of the book, uh, when we ended last episode, we talked about something we do to kind of track and take a look at um, how we can implement some of the concepts from there. So can you remind the listeners what sort of just in broad terms we covered last week and what we said we were going to sort of take a look at? Yeah, for sure. So last week, uh, broadly, I guess, was about uh, protecting your mentality. Um, and you know, staying away from the negative and embracing the positive, spinning the negative into positive as well. Um, our takeaways were um, to practically implement not involving ourselves in negative situations in everyday life and being aware of what might be having a negative impact on our psyche um, that we may not have been aware of in, in the past. So just kind of practicing that um, daily uh, awareness of, of what is being um, impacted on, on ourselves. And so our strategy was to kind of um, notice when we were experiencing negative emotions or notice when negativity was being influenced upon us and uh, working to spin that around, whether it's through working with uh, somebody that you live with or uh, in, in everyday situations where you encounter things in, in line at the grocery store or with the people at work who may be uh, complaining or uh, have, you know, a negative uh, view of life. And and we were um, trying to just be more aware of those situations and then spin them into uh, more positive energy to surround ourselves with. Absolutely. So like sort of two steps trying to limit the negative input and then also um, whenever possible spinning that input or spinning your internal conversation into something positive, right? Yeah, exactly. And it uh, it all starts with awareness as well. I mean, it, it, the practice begins with just using that muscle where you are more aware of exactly what's going around 
in, in uh, from an energy perspective and um, because you know we go through life not really realizing a lot of these things and how much of a negative impact they can have on our on ourselves so it's really just strengthening that muscle and, and practicing uh, noticing when we're in a situation like that absolutely so did you have any sort of uh, moments that stood out this week for you that you you found like hey here's here's exactly what we were talking about last week yeah, I mean, for me, I think specifically uh, when I'm driving, uh, it's not letting the negativity that I feel bubble up when somebody else is a is a bad driver. There were yeah. a couple situations this last week. Actually, they were both yesterday um, where I was driving and I was going to make a left turn, not at an intersection, but just at a side street that was pulling off of the street that I was on. Yeah. And so I was slowing down, put my signal on. And then the guy behind me made the exact same left turn, but before I did. So Ooh. he made a really quick and, and wide left turn behind. So as I'm making the turn, I realized there's this guy trying to turn into the thing. And like, <laughs> it was ridiculously unsafe. Um, and then the other situation was some guy almost cut me off. He just didn't put a signal on, didn't check his blind spot. And, you know, so I had to honk at him. And, and instead of I had to control myself from wanting to drive up next to the guy and yell at him through my window and that kind of thing. And you just got to let it go because it's, it's not your issue. And the most important thing is that you look out for yourself and that you are safe in that situation and that you didn't get hurt. And, you know, you just hope that that driver doesn't go ahead and hurt anybody else later on. Yeah, that's all you can do. That's so funny that that happened yeah. to you because I think just like I think it was within the last week even uh, I was driving with my girlfriend and she was driving. I was in the passenger side. She was making a left hand turn just like that, except it was at a light. It was at an intersection. Yeah. And the guy just did the exact same thing from behind went before her like on so she's turning yeah. left wide into this intersection. <laughs> He's like trying to squir yeah. squirm in. It's like, yeah, yeah. so that, that's definitely a situation where you, you got to control your anger a little bit. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, for tracking this, I kind of made a log on my phone here. Um, let me see. I had a, a couple different instances of it. Um, yeah. So I was in Walmart and I walked up and I found myself staring right at the tabloids. That's one of them. Like, <laughs> you can't not, man. It's so it's difficult. <laughs> Yeah. So I just like, I actually, they, I don't know what it is. They make it bright and colorful and it's just the words that you see and you're like, what? No, yeah, it's real life clickbait right in front of your eyes. Right. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. So I just turned around and the whole time I was waiting in line was like backwards. Cause I'm like, if That's I'm facing this do. way, yeah. like I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, my eyes are gonna shift down to it. I'm going to read about what garbage is happening in the Royal family right now. And that's not helping yeah. anybody. So that was nope. one of them. Um, yeah, and I realized how easy it is to um, to agree with somebody who's sort of putting out negative ideas. Like uh, we had um, a friend over and we were having a conversation and it's just like this person was very, very focused on the news and uh, talking about everything that was going on and like sort of um, a pessimistic outlook on things. And it's like, yeah. it, it gets me thinking. And I start thinking the, the same way that he is. And I find myself nodding and like being like, yeah. And cause you just want to agree with somebody when you're having a conversation. For right? sure. It's so, yeah. I found yeah. myself struggling to flip that conversation and sort of steer it in a way <laughs> where I wouldn't have yeah. to be kind of taking that in, but then also like putting that out because like, even if it's just body language of me nodding, that's like, telling myself inside that I actually do agree with it, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And putting that out into the universe as well, showing that you are, you know, involved in that kind of negativity. And there's a lot in the news to avoid and, you know, things like I read an article uh, the other day about how Florida has over 100,000 COVID cases just in the state of Florida. And, mm-hmm. you know, when it, this all first started, there was um, articles about and you could read about how uh, spring break wasn't postponed or anything like that. And people in Florida were still going about, you know, doing their their daily thing and i'm sure you know some states are worse than others and some countries are worse than others but it's just you know they i I, I can't help but think that those the actions of those people are not only affecting their community but their state their country and even you know the global community but it's a lot that you you got to kind of just push out of your mind and and uh, look on the bright side yeah and it's like who are we to put all of that on our backs right like what what positive effect is that going to have on your life if you're thinking like oh there's all these huge problems right like if you're constantly thinking about that it's pretty hard to go after your own goals and have the space in your life to do anything else but worry right yeah for sure it's not your responsibility to worry right it's your responsibility to take control of your own life absolutely yeah, yeah, so so I think it was generally successful this week, but I think the more and more that I think about it, I'll probably realize I'm doing it more and more. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll yeah, for sure. It's not negativity. just a, a one week kind of thing. It it's definitely it takes a long time, and and the, and it and it compounds as well. The more you learn, the more you learn how to react, and the more aware you become, and um, and eventually you just you you get used. It becomes second nature to to avoid those kind of things. Yeah, it reminded me of this quote, and I'll, I'll butcher it, but it was something like, you don't know how much you don't know until you know a little bit, right? So yep. it's like, I thought like, oh yeah, yeah, like I'm not having that many negative thoughts throughout my week. But it's like when I start thinking <laughs> sure. about it more and more, I recognize it. And I'm sure as I start to know more and get more practice in this sort of space, I'm going to realize, yeah. oh man, I'm actually thinking negatively all the time. I'm just so used to it that I'm not honing in on it. Yeah, exactly. And at that point, once you know how much negativity there actually is, there's that much more you can accomplish by knocking it down and, and turning it around. And like I said, it, it compounds. So it has that exponential uh, effect. Awesome. Yeah, well, something I'm looking forward to getting even more into. So for this yeah, next section of the book, um, again, Three Simple Steps by Trevor Blake. Uh, it's so conveniently chopped up for a for a a show like this step one (laughs) step two step three we can just do it like that right so uh step one we talked about covers mentality controlling your mind controlling your input so step two kind of takes a little bit of a left-hand turn and goes a different direction uh do you want to give a brief summary of like the main ideas of this section yeah for sure so what i took away um it's very practical section so there's a there's a very specific practice that you can take away from it um and it it, for what he he calls it if i remember correctly quiet time is what he refers to this practice as and it can be interpreted as meditation um or any other kind of word like that but like we we discussed last week when i said the word um manifest i think it was manifest yeah some people have a negative connotation with that is and the same with i think the word meditation not me personally but i think there may be people out there mm-hmm. um and because when we when you know i initially thought of meditation i thought of uh, a buddhist monk you know sitting in in a position for hours and hours on end completely disassociated from the physical world and that's definitely a type of meditation but that's more 
of a of Eastern meditation, I guess. And and what Trevor Blake is talking about is um, it's just a, a chance to to be quiet inside your own mind. And there's different ways to to um, help that happen. And nature is one of those ways that. And that's why I think you brought it up earlier. Um, and so he kind of he talks about a daily practice or a practice whenever it is possible for you in the schedule of your day to have some time alone um, in complete silence or accompanied by natural sounds, which I thought mm-hmm. was very interesting. So, you know, complete silence is great. But if you can be in a place where there's some birds chirping or a, a creek rustling by or something like that, then that even adds to it a little bit more, which I thought was very interesting. Absolutely. Unfortunately, living downtown, uh, for myself, the natural sounds are a little more challenging. Streets and fire engines going by. So, you know, complete silence is better for me than than trying to explore those natural (laughs) sounds. But um, the the idea is that it it gives you time for your subconscious to bring ideas to the surface, and it gives you time for your neural pathways to kind of open up to make new connections, and you become very vulnerable and um malleable at that point and so what it's important what's important to do as well is to remember to put that shield up once you start your day because your neural connections are ready to to learn new things but you don't want them to go out there and start learning negative behaviors or um uh, experience negative influences because they're so ready to to create new connections so you want to uh you want to accompany your quiet time with being able to experience more positivity throughout your day. Right. That's the time that you're most receptive. So um, I think he uses the concept of plugging into something positive, right? And so he says nature is his favorite way to do that, right? I think yeah. I think this whole section, the, the the thing that I most grab from it is that his his idea is that good ideas are constantly inside of us and we have all the answers to any of the problems in our life already inside of us but uh and they're and they're trying to come out they're like they're trying to express themselves but because of the hustle and bustle of our lives and um the way that we've been raised we're not so able to latch on to the those ideas that are naturally there right so he's sort of saying that this quiet time that he's taking this sort of 10 20 minutes and we can go over more specifics of how to do the practice in a bit but you take this 20 minutes and this is supposed to uh sort of silence your your usual routine and allow for these ideas to bubble up right yeah exactly um it's it's a very interesting concept uh you know for uh the idea that those ideas are already there and that that you just have to kind of give them a pathway for them for them to come out yeah and and i think it's interesting that he um goes so much into the uh the bio like the biology of it and the neural science because i think that's a, a good point for some people who are less prone to uh gravitating to some of the more new age concepts it gives a a good latch on point for those types of people yeah absolutely and i mean it makes sense from a from a biological perspective that you know in a natural environment um that we're more prone to or more receptive to growing and uh you know being stimulated mentally because you know that's where we came from and that's you know 30 40 
thousand years ago that's where we existed naturally you know not in these concrete jungles but in regular jungles um and so it just makes sense that being surrounded by that kind of whether you believe it's an energy or whether it's just you know that chemical biochemical you know connection that we have to it because we came from it um it makes sense that you know that's where we would naturally thrive the most absolutely yeah and i think it's uh it's interesting how he goes on to say that um not just like we we thrive in this sort of natural environment like he's saying go out in nature plug into nature i think he goes even further and sort of makes this jump and says um there's like an infinite sort of wisdom in in nature and in the in our history and in our it connected to this and if we plug into it we can sort of the answers are there as well so how did that make you you feel like i think some people might think okay that's like a little bit more of a jump that i'm willing to take but have you found that to be true in your experience i'll be honest and i'll say that i haven't been in nature as much as i would like to um, just because I do live downtown, I'm not, yeah. I don't have ready access to it. If I lived, you know, somewhere a s- more suburban, um, I feel like I would be more, it would be more accessible for me to go out for hikes or be able to eat my lunch outside or, or something like that. And, um, you know, we have a, a terrace in, uh, on the third floor of our condo and, you know, but it's very, it's fabricated. It's, you know, it's grass that's been it's sodded grass and it's you know arranged flowers and that kind of thing and i what you really need to do is be out in naturally formed nature right you need to be out in a forest on Mm. on a hike by a a creek by a waterfall something like that and um so it's hard for me to say personally because i haven't been able to explore that as much as i'd like to um the the quiet time indoors by myself i have been able to practice that but less so i guess um the the exploring the natural side of it right and so even if you don't have the natural side after you take this quiet time uh i guess the the substitute is just being able to plug into something positive or taking that moment to bring down that um that mental shield of positivity that's just going to keep that negativity out for the day right like bringing bringing that in yeah exactly so what i've kind of um, substituted that with i guess is um bringing in an affirmation practice and a gratitude practice so um after that i experienced that period of quiet um i immediately repeat some affirmations and some gratitude uh to myself and so that brings in that positivity and kind of centers my energy and and really starts my day off right um, I tried to do it as much as possible at the right at the very beginning of the day because that's before you really you know you you, you get bogged down with uh, your your to do list for the day and it, it's a good practice to you know spend the first hour um, just keeping your mind clear and then once you do jump into your to do list and that kind of thing it um, y- you're you're a little more centered and you know it's it's less stress to start the day and you kind of you've got that shield up you've got that positivity ingrained in yourself you've you've strengthened those uh neural pathways that you've opened up by using the quiet time and and you're kind of ready to go and start your day yeah i i think that's such a great way to start your day and sort of can be a springboard to more productive things and i I was thinking for the listeners who may not be reading this book along with us um i again i hope that people are are digging into it and and taking a look but who knows maybe there'll be some listeners that just like want to get the main ideas so for them uh there's 
I think they said nine steps to to bringing in this quiet time into your day. And uh, I have them down here. So I'll, I'll go over them quickly and maybe we can uh, touch on the ones that we haven't talked so much about already. Sure. So um, yep. the first one is that you should do it alone. I think we've talked about that a little bit. I know some people meditate in groups and some people practice yoga in groups, um, but they, Trevor suggests that this is better to do alone by yourself, right? Yeah, and I think it's just more convenient that way uh, as opposed to, you know, having a scheduled class or, or having to wait for other people to do it. You know, it, you need to be able to do it when it's convenient for you and when it's most effective for yourself. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think doing it with other people is really um, an important aspect of the practice. Yeah. And so the second step is that it's better to do in the morning. We've talked about that, all the benefits it can have. Uh, he does mention, though, at the beginning, it's important to um, just be more consistent than perfect, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, perfection is, is nothing that we should ever be striving for because it, it, it just sets you up for, for disappointment. It's it's c- consistency. And you'll see, you know, if you do it perfectly once a week, it's not going to have the same effect that if you do it consistently six days a week. You know, it's just, it's about that effort that you're putting in there. And it's, again, the energy you're putting out to the universe is that you are trying to do it consistently and that you're committed to this practice um, and that you do want to see the benefits of the practice, not that just like, you know, you're trying to do flash in the pan, get it right once, and then, you know, you're good to go for the rest of your life. It's, it's something, you know, inherent in the word practice you need to keep working at it every day and yeah consistency and then and that's just like honestly for everything in your life personal and professional consistency is is what you should be striving for um you may never get it perfect and you may never get it right because you're a definition of perfection and your definition of getting it right may evolve over time um so yeah it, consistency is key yeah always it reminds me i know we both come from music backgrounds and it reminds me of that or working out it's like if you doing five minutes every day is better than doing like doing 35 minutes one day right like for per week right totally so yeah exactly just having that sort of consistent muscle memory building up in the practice will make it a habit versus just once a week right so that's yeah, exactly that's exactly like you said you it, you know you want to make it a habit and doing it once a week is you're going to forget your muscles are going to forget by the neck whether it's working out or whether it's a, a mental activity or whether it's you know something like in sales like doing cold calling or something like that you want to be consistent with it every day as opposed to just trying to lump it all into to one day absolutely so so far we have you've got to do it alone you should do it in the morning the next one is that you should choose a quiet space we talked a little bit about that so we can skip over that a bit it says to sit comfortably and not lay down for this practice if you're doing it in the morning he says hey like you're probably gonna fall back asleep if you're just laying in bed trying to do this that's me a hundred percent yeah i i i gotta i i'll I'll give you a tip wake up and just do like 15 push-ups and drink a whole glass of water and you will feel so much more awake than you did a minute ago kind yeah. of thing. So that's kind of how I get my body stimulated. You do like uh, you get your heart rate up and then down a cold glass of water and then your body is kind of, you know, ready to start its day. And then that's how you that that's what I do right before I get into that practice. Absolutely. I, I've noticed that um, if I take for my mornings, the mornings that I'm most successful, I, I always take care of my mind, my body and my spirit. 
right? So I feel like if I can do those three things before starting the day, that it's going, it's just going to get the ball rolling and make it an actual positive, productive day, right? So mind is just waking up. It could be a, a part of this, or it could be reading a book for a little bit in the morning. Yep. Body getting some sort of exercise, and then spirit, like yep. you said, you do gratitude practice, or maybe this even is quiet time, right? Like that can be the kind of sort of quasi spiritual thing that you do in the morning. Yep, absolutely. Um, yoga is also good because yoga can kind of combine that spiritual and physical activity, right? You get you get a bit of a, a sweat going at the same time as, as becoming centered and focusing on your breathing and connecting your mind to your body. So that's another good way to do it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Those are the three pillars that you really got to hammer out in the morning. It reminds me of a, another book, uh, Miracle Morning. I think you've read, I think you mentioned you've read that one, right? Yeah, good book. Yeah, Very good book. So it, it focuses a, a little bit more on habits, I think, and stacking habits so that your morning routine just becomes like second nature, um, which is probably the next step after, you know, if you wanted to extrapolate on this step two from three simple steps, that's probably where you might want to go next is Miracle Morning because, yeah. yeah, it's also a fantastic book. Yeah, so that's Miracle Morning. I think that's by Hal Elrod. Elrod? Yep. Yeah. That's okay. Right. And he's done a whole series of them, like Miracle Morning for real estate investors, Miracle Morning for athletes, like all these kinds of different spin-offs of it too. So you can kind of personalize yeah. it. And then and he focuses a lot on uh, affirmations as well. So that those affirmations are specific to what your goals are and what your intentions are, um, which is very important. And, you know, that's a big step in the in the the morning process as well as is uh, including those affirmations it's so interesting how all these books they kind of intertwine like a lot of them are saying the same sort of message but depending on how it's framed it can kind of resonate more or less with a person yeah i totally agree and either they're all stemming off of the same what i i believe they're all stemming off the same law of attraction right the the power of putting something out into the universe the fact that the universe will be able to to bring it back to you mm-hmm and all of them touch on it in their own way right so i, I exactly think yeah there's got to be some sort of science to it that we just don't understand yet like i was thinking this when i was talking about linking into nature and having that sort of infinite wisdom and it might sound like yeah. airy to some people who are like so dead set on like what is the scientific fact what is scientifically proven but that always makes me think like 200 years ago the scientists in the society, everyone thought, yeah, we have a pretty good picture of the way things are. But now we look back on 200 years ago and we think, man, those those people believed this, they believed this, they believed this, and they all thought that, yeah. that they were right, <laughs> right? So who are we to be yeah. the ones that say, we know what the world is right now? What are people going to be saying about us 200 years from now? Yeah, of course, they may be looking back and, and saying like, most people didn't believe in the law of attraction. Like, how ridiculous was that? You know, it's clearly a, a real thing. Yeah, like and here's... I, I was reading a book. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, they'll say, here's this explanation, this scientific, here's how these subatomic particles interact so that this happens, right? They'll be able to prove it. Yeah, 100%. I was reading a book recently that likened um, the law of attraction, I forget which book it was specifically, to um, the, uh, gravity. So, you know, is gravity science? Like it's a natural, we consider it a natural law, right? It's it's a constant thing that exists um, almost everywhere. 
um, you know, or, or at least within our atmosphere, and it and it exists, you know, in the galaxy to a certain extent, depending mm-hmm. on you know the the mass of planets and objects yeah. and and all that kind of stuff that I don't really understand. But they they likened it to gravity in a way that it exists everywhere. You just have to know that it's always having an effect on you, and you have to know how to manipulate it, right? Yeah, that that's that's so huge, and I think that speaks even more to the thing like, who are we to say? what we know and what we don't like before we we were constantly constantly experiencing gravity for millennia before we had any idea what it was right yeah until that apple fell on uh, sir isaac newton's head and <laughs> so the story realized, goes hey, maybe there's something <laughs> yeah maybe, something to this there's more to this hey and then yeah. all these equations uh, yeah over my head for sure <laughs> Yeah. And so we've touched on four of those steps to actually take quiet time. You got to do it alone, do it in the morning, do it in a silent space, sit comfortably, don't lay down. Then he talks about something called energy cleansing. Um, he, I sort of interpreted this as like a mental reset. Like he says, like to wipe your hands over your face or to sort of like have some sort of habit that prepares you for the quiet time. Have you found any sort yeah, of physical I- routines that have helped you get into that space? Yeah, it definitely does something. I don't know whether it's just kind of a a biochemical thing within your body, but, you know, rubbing your hands together until they're warm and then kind of rubbing them over your face. um, You know, I think he he uses an example in the book where, you know, people who are stressed out or who are going through grief or something like that, you know, their hands are on their face and they're kind of like it it kind of helps you to to shed some negativity and, um, you know, maybe from the day before or, or from the night before and, it's uh, it's definitely worth trying, and I mean, you know, there's nothing to lose in trying it. And if it works for you, and you know, augments your your practice, then you know, more power to it. Yeah, and even if it's a a, a placebo, who who cares, right? If it gets you into this space and it actually has an effect, right? Yep, that's yep. that's fine. So energy cleansing, that's the fifth step. And the sixth is he says, relax and just focus on bringing the relaxation through all of your body. And this is where I feel like we're getting into the the bulk of what the quiet time actually is, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then he, he recommends connecting with the ground. So this is like imagining roots are coming out the bottom of you and kind of grabbing on there, sort of ground you to, to the moment. Uh, and then he says- Yeah, I think it's- definitely just about centering and and you know focusing on your breathing as well at the same time and that's where it has a lot of um uh similarities to traditional meditation is that's kind of that same um mindset and body set that you that you want to be in Mm -hmm. yeah and then so for the bulk of the the quiet time he says just continue to follow your breath and when you get distracted bring your mind back It, it sounds a lot like traditional meditation but he does make the point that in your mind it's beneficial to segment this quiet time off from any other meditation practice or anything else you're doing and just purely see this quiet time as an opportunity for subconscious problem solving, right? He says to like sort of delineate between these two things. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, if you have a traditional meditation practice that you're in, um, separating the two is definitely a good thing. I don't know if with traditional meditation, I don't think it has to be done in the morning. I don't think it's so, they're so strict about, you know, the location and, and that kind of thing. So if you can focus on this, you know, in the morning in a quiet spot on your own, following these, you know, nine steps, um, then it, it's definitely, you know, it may help you a little bit more in your personal and, and professional life. And there are benefits that I've experienced that I think are 
are similar to that that you would experience with traditional meditation as well and it's just more of a focused mindset um, and it has a lot to do with interpersonal reaction as well so for example if you have um, a slew of meetings that day you're, you're you end up being more present in those meetings and you end up being less distracted during them and I find that you know a lot of people when you're having a coffee meeting or, or you know zoom meeting these days whatever the case is people are very distracted you know most of the time and they're not listening to what you're saying and they're only thinking about the next thing that they're going to say or the next question that they're going to ask and you know being aware and being mindful and being present with that person creates a better connection than you would otherwise and it's important for people like you and I, you know, who are in sales and who want to build relationships with clients and who want to attract the right people into our professional circles, um, you know, to be present and to practice that mindfulness during conversations and interactions because it'll, it'll build a much deeper relationship. Um, and so having this kind of practice early in the day really gets you... It, it strengthens that mental muscle whereas wherein if I was chatting with you and then I started to get distracted and started thinking about what I have to do later that day or you know what uh, who I have to call or that my mom said this to me yesterday and I need to follow up you know it, you you stop you learn how to move away from the distractions and keep yourself present in the, the conversation because really the only thing that matters is this second right now and then this second right now and if you are not present in that second you are wasting that second and the the magic that exists in a connection that you make with somebody when you're having a conversation when they have the same like mind that you do so when they're on the same wavelength and and they realize the same thing that you do about how this you know this second right now is the most important thing that matters and if i'm not making the most of this interaction with you right now then i'm really squandering it um it can it can be incredibly magical and and but to get to that point you really have to focus and be aware and um, having this practice in the morning definitely gets you off on the right foot. It gives you that platform on which to stand that um, can help you achieve those moments throughout your day. Yeah, if you can do anything like this, taking quiet time to improve this sort of ability to to connect with another person, what more beneficial a skill is there, right? Any line of work that you're in, if you're running your own business, like a lot of people who are listening to this might be, how, that's one of the most important things, whether you're hiring, uh, whether you're looking for more clients, no matter what business you're in, you're going to be interfacing with other people in some way. So like, if you can, yeah. if you can take this time to develop this interpersonal relation, this connection skill so that you can really connect with people, become friends with them, I can't think of yeah. a more powerful skill to develop. I agree, and it's something that I, I'm, I'm reading. Uh, we spoke about Yuval Noah Harari uh, last week, and uh, his his books, Homo uh, Sapiens, and then Homo Deus. And mm -hmm. right now, I'm reading Twenty One Lessons for the Twenty First Century, in which he talks about how we should prepare for um, the growth of AI and biotech and infotech, and you know how pretty much anything can be learned from AI. Um, but this, you know, magical connection and interaction that we're talking about is not something that a person can have with a computer or a computer can have with another computer, where in most cases, almost everything else can be outsourced to that, uh, you know, person computer relationship or computer computer relationship, even to the point where the computer can, you know, sense the biochemical changes that are happening in our bodies and therefore know what kind of emotions we are experiencing and make decisions based on that. They still won't have the 
that feel that two people have when they're interacting with each other. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that's why like you hear the the classic business advice, like you should be focusing on the high dollar per hour activities in your day, right? It's not a coincidence that these high dollar per hour activities are the ones that computers can't replicate, right? They're these human things. Like if you're if you're in sales, doing looking for leads and finding clients and talking to people, that's the high dollar per hour activity and it's because it can't yep. be outsourced right you need to have this this very human skill set yeah absolutely it's building those relationships for the long term like you said that's what brings in the the that's what has the biggest return on it on investment and it may not be immediate and that's you know what a lot of people can't see as well but in the long term it, it uh, you reap the, re- the rewards absolutely yeah so i think this is a, a, a an incredible section of the book and I've always sort of had um, uh, a love of nature and loved getting out there. And this is sort of something that's been keeping me sane throughout all of the uh, the lockdown stuff due to the pandemic uh, is going out and hiking most days of the week and getting, right. getting out into, into nature for a little bit. Because if you can kind of empty your mind there, I, I think it, it, even just from scientific studies, it shows that it increases your ability to think clearly and your i guess dopamine levels your happiness levels right so i i definitely relate with this section of the book and agree with a lot of the a lot of the findings that uh blake is laying out here yeah for sure and you you never know if it works until you try it right so you you really and you got to be consistent with it you know if you go for one hike you may not feel the 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 benefits of it but if you you make it a consistent practice and you're you're lucky enough to be in a position where you can make it a consistent practice then um you know you'll definitely feel feel some kind of uh on a a very deep natural level you'll you'll feel a little more centered and a little more at peace yeah and how do you know if it's going to work until you do it right uh one of the things we like to say on the podcast is once you start taking action that's when things start to happen right you've got to do it in order to see the result right yep i love that love it yeah exactly beautiful so we've got one more episode left which means that uh we can do one more sort of uh goal setting or goal tracking activity over this next week before our our next episode uh and so that's going to center i guess around this quiet time right do you think uh, there's anything that comes to mind and ways to track or log this that we can actually like have a measurable way to track our our progress yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I, I would try and uh, do it every morning for the next week. Um, and also during the day, see how much you can possibly get out into nature. Um, and then practice kind of what we to- what we talked about um, in the, the human-to-human react, uh, relationships, where if you do have a Zoom call with somebody or even a phone call, just practice being mindful so say maybe you have three or four meetings booked in the next week try try you know being so focused and non-distracted and you know maybe on day one it'll be difficult but maybe on day six you might find it a little bit easier so maybe we can log our meetings um, and see you know kind of um, uh, gauge our level of distractedness um, and it's also going to have a, a, a um, it's going to be affected by the person that we're talking to as well so you may be talking to somebody who's totally on top of their you know 
um, non-distraction game and they're they're totally into the conversation then you may have somebody who just loves to talk over you right loves to be right all the time which makes it really difficult to be and and not rewarding i mean you can still be you know focused and centered in, in the conversation but it won't be rewarding so maybe we can track our meetings in, in that respect and see how we feel afterwards and then see how our, our morning practice kind of compounds to to add a little bit more um focus into those meetings yeah and it's so synergistic these things that we're gonna we're gonna track because you you take this um this morning routine of taking the quiet time and the idea is that your your neurons are more open to creating new pathways right so if we can use that um sort of malleability or the neuroplasticity i guess is what the buzzword that people use to actually link Mm -hmm. into the person we're talking with i wonder what kind of uh results that that could bring yeah, absolutely. And I think it'll make a difference whether you ha- you do your meetings in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, because it kind of wears off a little bit, you know, as the day goes on, as you, you know, become more bombarded with, with external influences and your your mind and your shield is working a little bit harder to kind of keep, uh, keep yourself uh, centered and, and focused. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's going to be, it's more challenging at the end of the day, but for this week, we're going to keep track of uh of all of our meetings maybe all of our conversations that we have um yeah and maybe we'll come back with uh, one or two moments that we found we really noticed some sort of some sort of difference there on top of doing this practice throughout the morning each day and taking as much nature as we can yeah absolutely and and try and follow those steps within the practice um as much as you can and try and make it 20 minutes um but the, the difficult thing about that is that you don't want to be looking at the clock all the time and, you, you know, you don't want to be distracted in that sense. So if you feel like you're you've gotten what you need to get out of it or you're starting to get really restless and you can't keep your mind from wandering in different directions, um, then, you know, the practice is done for the morning because you, you don't want also don't want to waste your time sitting there thinking about stuff because that's not exactly what the, what the goal is. So if you find yourself checking the clock and like, oh, it's been 12 minutes, it's been 15 minutes you can call it a day and and go back to it again tomorrow because it like we said earlier it's about the consistency as well you don't want to push it to 20 minutes just for the sake of getting to 20 minutes if you don't think you're going to get anything out of it but doing 10 minutes every day is better than doing 20 minutes you know once or twice a week absolutely it's about the quality of the practice right we want to be consistent but also only practice it while we're doing it at a high level right it reminds me of i was out at the driving range the other day and it's like i was doing great for that start for the first uh, half hour but then the last 15 minutes i was there it was absolute garbage and i think i was just reinforcing yeah. <laughs> problems in my game by staying there after after i reached that point of diminishing returns right right yeah absolutely yeah so if uh if you've got the book there's a big section in it that goes through all those all nine of those steps so you can refer back to it to see uh like what exactly does trevor say and there's more tips in here than we can go over in an episode so i'd really recommend picking up the book and uh taking a look at it yeah for sure it's fantastic You, you won't regret it it's uh it's a life changer and it's something you can go back to over and over again as well 100 percent all right. Well, uh, before we wrap things up here, Jacob, uh, I know we talked about it at the end of last episode, but where can people get in touch with you or find you if they want to follow what you're doing? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm on Instagram and, and Facebook at uh, Jacob Mortgage Matchmaker on Instagram. You can follow me on LinkedIn. Um, just search my name, Jacob Manischewitz. 
otherwise, I, I'll be doing content like this um, when Russell puts this stuff out. Uh, at the same time, I'm doing interviews with other professionals that I'm connected with, uh, trying to ramp that up a little bit more in the last few weeks as well. So I should be putting out lots of good content. Um, and yeah, uh, you can email me or, or give me a call if you want my contact information. Just reach out to Russell. I'm sure he'll be happy to share. Yeah, and that'll all be uh, in either the show notes or the comments or wherever you're watching this. All that info will, will be right there for you to, to grab onto. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much again, Jacob Manischewitz, and I'm Russell Matthews. This was part two of three for Three Steps, and we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, Jacob. See you next week. Thank you so much. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Business Builders Book Club, helping you bridge the gap between knowledge and action. Stay tuned and remember, when information becomes action, things start to happen.